0: I just uh, want to invite your presence uh, over us today. I just ask that you would um, encounter each one of us uh, in our own homes all across the country, um, even people that would listen later on uh, through the video. I just ask for your presence to to show up in a manifest way, and I pray that if I speak anything wrong or out of turn, that you would highlight that to people, that they would know that uh, that specific thing was wrong. And I pray that if I speak things that are true, that you would highlight that to people as well, that they would know by the Spirit uh, that these things are true. We just want to uh, just want to encourage people to go uh, deeper in the Lord. We just ask uh, just a blessing over everyone here in Yeshua's name. Amen.
1: All right, Jason, take us away, brother.
0: All right, thanks, James. Yeah, we'll. Um, we're on the uh, two live part Two document if uh, you guys want to pull that up and just so you know unless we make record time, I'm not planning on necessarily getting to the last five pages. Um, th- I mean, they are neat, some really good stuff with the twelve trees of life, twelve rivers of life. um if we get there, we good if we don't, I don't want to rush everything else just to to get there and and it's all written down too, so you can read it later. Um, I did put my a uh, link to the books at the top of the page if anyone was interested, um, fine, if, if not, no big deal as well. And I just want to do a real quick uh, recap, and then we'll get into the uh, the new stuff. That basically today, we were doing the groundwork last time, but today is sort of the, the scriptural uh, proof that wisdom is uh, Ruach HaKodesh. And so that's kind of the uh, kind of where we're going tonight. Um, so yeah, just to start off, I I do believe in the inerrancy of the original manuscripts that were written by, by the original authors. Um, however, I am saddened that none of these exist any longer. Um, therefore, my goal is to research and discover the oldest and most accurate manuscripts. Uh, so as get as so as to get as close as possible to the originals. Um, in my first teaching, I discussed which texts I believe these to be, and I have that document posted, so if anyone wants to look at, in my opinion, what I believe the oldest, most accurate manuscripts are, uh, it's up there. Um, and I also sought to prove that a lot of the manuscripts that we have from the 1000s, which uh, there have been a lot of them translated into, into English, um, specifically in the King James New King James, they have corruptions that favor the doctrine of the Trinity. And so I had went over some of that stuff and the, the first time they actually, because it's not strong in the text, they actually had to change verses. and so i I felt like the Lord wanted me years ago to go into like uh, detective mode and improve what they did, who did it, and when they did it. Um, and then the manuscripts from the 300s uh, correct most of these alterations, but not quite all of them. Um, and then also, I I want everyone to know my heart is not to for anyone to get the idea that the Bible is not to be lived by, or the Bible is not accurate. Um, almost all of the things were translated word for word all through the years, but when certain men got their hands on them, they specifically changed things mainly for... Uh, the Trinity, and Yeshua and Ruach, as far as who they are, you know, the the family of God. Outside of that, most, I mean, there are a few changes outside of that. I'm not going to say that there isn't any, but most of the changes don't actually alter the the meaning. Um, and I did want to give one quote here. This is written uh, written by Eusebius, but it's, uh, oh, I'm sorry, this is, uh, Sozaman's Ecclesiastical History. Um, And this is a quote of Constantine following the Council of Nicaea. And this is kind of a terrifying quote to me. Um, And just to give you a a heads up, uh, Alexander was the guy um, arguing for what would eventually become the doctrine of the Trinity. And Arius was the guy arguing that Yeshua was created by Yahweh. So look at what Constantine did to Arius after this council. The emperor punished Arius with exile and dispatched edicts to the bishops and people of every country, denouncing him and his adherents as ungodly and commanding that their books should be destroyed in order that no remembrance of him or of the doctrine which he had taught might remain. Whoever was found hiding his writings and who did not burn them immediately on the accusation would undergo the penalty of death and suffer capital punishment. The Emperor wrote letters to every city against Arius and those who had received his doctrines. And so this was not just a vague thing saying, Hey, let's not read Arius' writings because he believed that the father created Yeshua. This was punishable by death. And to my knowledge, not one writing uh, of Arius exists today, and that's just uh,
2: that's crazy to me. Like it, I was really upset when I found out what they did and what they tried to bury.
0: And we had talked about the next section a little bit last time, but sort of how, sort of how the Holy Spirit got from. Uh, The feminine to the masculine is the different names, the different languages that we've had throughout the years. So I'll just go through these real quick here. In Hebrew, uh, the name for uh, spirit is Ruach, and Ruach is a, a feminine noun. So, you know, I do believe that in the older days that the Jewish people knew. That uh, she was feminine, because Ruach is a feminine noun. I mean, you don't you don't give someone uh, the wrong name. Um then in the aramaic in the Aramaic, it's Ruka. and Ruka is also uh, a feminine name. Same with the Syriac, uh, which is um, the bashida that is Ruha, which is also a feminine name. Now, where it really started to get changed, and obviously, A lot of our New Testament is translated from the Greek. Uh, Pneuma is the spirit in Greek, and that's a neuter word. It has no gender. And so they started stripping the gender away with this. And it was basically up to the translators at that point if they wanted to translate it as feminine or masculine. And then we go to the final blow, um, the Latin Vulgate. um, in In the Latin, spiritus is the word for spirit, and that's a masculine name. And so there you have your full, full changeover from feminine to masculine. And the worst part about this is that Jerome uh, translated the Latin, uh, translated Bible into Latin in the year 400, the Latin Vulgate, and it was the most popular translation until around the year 1530. So for 1100 years, you have spiritus being used for the spirit is a masculine word. And I believe that, that really kind
2: of brought a full circle. Does any of that uh, resound with you, James?
1: A little bit speechless. I mean, I, I had an idea um, from your previous studies that, uh, or at least what you've shared in the past, that it went, Gender neutral in Greek and then um, masculinized in Latin, but to hear that both the Syriac and the Aramaic uh, preserved the feminine char- characteristic was was new to me.
2: Yeah, it like I say,
0: I was blown away. You know, when I first, you know, when I feel like the when Ruach dropped in my lamp that uh, that she was feminine. I thought I was going crazy, and I was trying to prove it wrong, and I kept finding all of these things all throughout history, and, you know, usually it takes me a while to wrestle with something before I
2: uh, run with it, you know.
0: All right, well, there's a few verses here now that the first two we did read last time, but I'd like to read them again, and basically they're showing who wisdom is. Um, And keep in mind as we read a lot of these things that the translators decide if the word is capitalized or lowercase. So um, just because you see some of these words in lowercase doesn't mean that that's what they're supposed to be. If you'd like to read that next one, James, uh, the wisdom 10.
1: Absolutely. Yes, this is from the NRSV, um, Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 10, verse 15 a holy people and blameless race, wisdom delivered from a nation of oppressors. She entered the soul of a servant of the Lord and withstood dread kings with wonders and signs.
0: Yeah, and that passage, if you read the whole text, is obviously talking about um, Moses um, and that she withstood dread kings with signs and wonders with all the things that happened between him and Pharaoh. And so... In the Apocrypha, it's definitely saying that wisdom entered into Moses. Um, You can read that next one, then James, uh, Deuteronomy.
1: Sure, yeah. So this is from the, is that World English Bible? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the World English Bible, Deuteronomy 34, 7. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eye was not dim, nor his strength gone. The children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab for 30 days until the days of his weeping, I'm sorry, until the days of weeping in the mourning for Moses were ended. Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. The children of Israel listened to him and did as Yahweh commanded Moses.
0: And if you'll notice there, they they have that in lowercase, the spirit of wisdom. But it's very obvious it's the same spirit that's spoken of. Uh, in Wisdom 10, just above. And it's so cool to me because, you know, in the New Testament, you see uh, Peter and John laying their hands on people and and passing on the Holy Spirit, so much so that Simon the sorcerer wanted to pay him money to buy that power. And so, you know, Moses literally laid his hands on Joshua and it doesn't say the Holy Spirit passed through. It says the Spirit of Wisdom, um, that Joshua was full of the Spirit of Wisdom because of this. And I believe that they are one and the same, that um, the Holy Spirit and Wisdom are two
2: names for, for Ruach. That's beautiful. All right.
1: that's, that's really beautiful. I just, I just yeah. I, I, heard, I felt that same thing about the laying on the hands as you were, as you were saying that. It's cool.
0: Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to think. Um, and obviously after Yeshua died, you know, the Holy Spirit was poured out on all flesh. And it wasn't exactly the same in the Old Testament, but you still saw that. Um, and it seemed like in the Old Testament that there was um, one person at every given moment in time that was um, of the highest anointing. You know, like when... When Moses um, had ruach, that you did not speak against Moses because bad things could happen to you um, you know, and then he passed um, ruach on to to Joshua, and in my mind, that was their that was the most prized possession in their lives. you know as you read david's writings and and Solomon's, they sought after the spirit. and I know Solomon had some mistakes he made, but they they sought after wisdom uh,
2: a lot of their lives. All
0: right, this next section here. Um, I believe that Isaiah 11 and uh, Proverbs 8 um, have the same adjectives, and as far as linking wisdom and linking the spirit together. Um, so, if you want to read. Uh, Isaiah 11 there.
1: Absolutely. So we're back in the World English Bible, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. A shoot will come out of the stock of Jesse, and a branch out of his roots will bear fruit. Yahweh's spirit will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of Yahweh. His delight will be in the fear of Yahweh.
0: Yes, that's awesome yeah and so then below and obviously the numbering's not in the text i i added that obviously um, but i have them numbered below with the six things used to describe uh, the spirit and then as we read proverbs you can see the highlights where uh, wisdom uses all six of those same adjectives um, to show who she is that to show basically this is the same. Same person that's talked about in Isaiah eleven. James, if you want to read uh, Proverbs eight, there.
2: This is Yep, World English Bible Proverbs chapter
1: eight, verse one. Verse one through thirty-five. Doesn't wisdom cry out? Doesn't understanding raise her voice on the top of high places? By the way, where the paths meet, she stands besides the gate. I'm sorry, beside the gates at the entry of the city, at the entry doors. She cries aloud, I call to you men. I send my voice to the sons of mankind. You simple, understand prudence. You fools, be of an understanding heart. Hear, for I will speak excellent things. The opening of my lips is for right things. For my mouth speaks truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing crooked or perverse in them. They are all plain to him who understands, right to those who find knowledge. Receive my instruction rather than silver, knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is better than rubies. All the things that may be desired can't be compared to it. I, wisdom, have made prudence my dwelling. Find out knowledge and discretion. The fear of Yahweh is to hate evil. I hate pride, arrogance, the evil way, and the perverse mouth counsel and sound knowledge are mine i have understanding and power by me kings reign and princes decree justice by me princes rule nobles and all the righteous rulers of the earth i love those who love me those who seek me diligently will find me with me are riches honor enduring wealth and prosperity my fruit is better than gold yes than fine gold my yield than choice silver i walk in the way of righteousness In the middle of the paths of justice, that I may give wealth to those who love me. I fill their treasuries. Yahuwah possessed me in the beginning of his work, before his deeds of old. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, before the earth existed. When there were no depths, I was born. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was born. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the beginning of the dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he set a circle on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when the springs of the deep became strong, when he gave to the sea its boundary, that the waters should not violate his commandment. When he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was, craft- I was the craftsman by his side. I was a delight by day, day by day, always rejoicing before him. I, rejoicing in his whole world, my delight was with the sons of men. Now, therefore, my sons, listen to me, for blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise. Don't refuse it. Blessed is the man who hears me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at my doorposts. For whoever finds me, finds life, and will obtain favor from Yahweh. But he who sins against me, wrongs his own soul. All those who hate me love death.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if anyone could read that passage and say that this is about a personified wisdom or something that's not real. You know, a lot of those phrases like, um, all those who hate me love death, and whoever sins against me wrongs his own soul, and then actually even talks about uh, when she was born, you know, in verse um, 22, um, Yahweh possessed me in the beginning of his work before his deeds of old, which is before Genesis one, that she was created before, uh, Genesis one. And he, even all of the times where it talks about being born, you know, verse 24, when there, when there were no depths, I was born. I had read this first years ago, and I could never make a hundred percent sense of it until I found out who wisdom really was. Um, but also, I'm sure you guys noticed as he was reading, um and I have them numbered there, that all six of those attributes, uh, wisdom, understanding, counsel, might slash power, knowledge, and fear of Yahweh, are all contained. In Proverbs eight, in my opinion, linking it to Isaiah uh, chapter eleven, which is amazing that they they fit. It's like when you stumble across something, all of a sudden, every all the puzzle pieces just start coming together, and and everything fits perfectly. It's like it's like it's hidden right in front of our eyes, and we we weren't able to see it.
2: And I'll read that I'll read that
0: next section there or, or the the Enoch one. Um, now look how close Enoch reads to Isaiah in chapter forty eight. In him dwells, and this is talking about um, Yeshua. In him dwells the spirit of wisdom and the spirit which gives insight, and the spirit of understanding and of might, and the spirit of those who have fallen asleep in righteousness. And he shall judge the secret things, and no one shall be able to lie. To utter a lying or idle word before him, for he is the elect one before the Lord of Spirits according to his good pleasure. And it's possible that Isaiah was kind of recapping this chapter in Enoch when he wrote his book. That, you know, Enoch would have been written a long time before Isaiah wrote his book. So, did you have any comments to add to that? Uh section, James.
1: So yeah, I that Enoch 48, it does seem like a parallel. So Isaiah is almost the second witness. Uh, yeah. about the the time of writing. And I, I was looking at um up here where it was talking about uh let's see, let's see, let's see, those who yeah, okay. He who sins against me wrongs his own soul. That makes me think about when um, Yahusha said, "All sins will be forgiven except for the sin against blaspheming the Holy Spirit." Oh uh, yeah, Paraphrasing, But I it that just made me think of that.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good catch. I I've never put that verse with the blaspheming uh, of Ruach, but that does kind of fit with that.
2: All right. Well, this next section here. Um,
0: I have a lot of verses on wisdom, so as we read through them, kind of focus it. It always refers to wisdom as a she, and it gives a lot of details um, describing her, uh, what she likes, who she is, um, a lot of different things. So there's once you realize these things, you can read these verses and pick up on so many things. So I'll have you start James with. Proverbs one.
1: Oh cool, yeah, verse twenty. Proverbs chapter one, World English Bible translation.
0: Wisdom calls
1: loud in the street. She utters her voice in the public squares. She calls at the head of noisy places, at the entrance of the city gates. She utters her words. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? How long will mockers delight themselves in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Turn at my reproof. Behold. I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you.
0: And I love that part at the end where it says, "I will pour out my spirit on you." Yeah. You know, again, is this a like, personified being, or is this um, ruach? You know, there's just a lot of really, like I say, once your eyes are open to it, some really clear passages that um, you really can't deny.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's good.
0: Yeah, you can go to uh, chapter 2 if you like.
1: Cool, yep, verse 1. My son, if you will receive my words and store up my commandments within you, so as to turn your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of Yahuwah and find the knowledge of Elohim. For Yahweh gives wisdom. Out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He lays up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, that he may guard the paths of justice and preserve the way of the saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity and every good path. For wisdom will enter into your heart. Knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will keep you.
0: And as we read through these, kind of take note of how many times that it will say uh, wisdom, understanding, knowledge, discretion. Um, In my opinion, these are all um, different adjectives to call ruach by. Um, And verse 10, where it says, wisdom will enter your heart. And there's something so much deeper to that, you know, that um, so much more than a personified thing that, you know, I will pour out my spirit upon you in the the previous chapter, and then in chapter 2, that wisdom will enter your heart. And verse 4 is um, just kind of a call to, to all of us, to all believers, and I'm speaking to myself as well, that if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of Yahweh. And find the knowledge of God. For Yahweh gives wisdom. And out of his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And. It just. It's just a call. um, To seek for her. As a hidden treasure. uh, To seek after her with
2: all of your heart.
0: All right. We'll go on to. um, Proverbs 3. And if. If you ever have any comments james you feel free to jump in Uh, like we say we're going to save the questions till the end so we can get through it all but um sure
2: Sure. yeah i got you um
1: all right yeah proverbs chapter 3 verse 19 by wisdom yahweh founded the earth by understanding he established the heavens by his knowledge the depths were broken up and the skies dropped down the dew My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion so they will be life to your soul and grace for your neck.
0: And so many times it says that wisdom will be life. And notice again here, it's talking about wisdom, understanding, knowledge. They're a lot of times written in tandem. And it says, by wisdom, Yahweh founded the earth. And I believe there's a lot of passages that show the the family of God, Yahweh and Ruach and uh, Yeshua work together to create uh, the world. Um, So that being said, that there's a lot of passages that say wisdom uh, created uh, things, which is awesome. And you know how could you be anything less than and Ruach to
2: literally create the world.
1: Yeah, that's good. Um, I I was looking at, you know, it's this this is writing the importance of these things that Yah used to create the very realm in which we live, and you know, wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and then like offering it to us as such value. Like, come on, Yah founded the earth by wisdom. So shouldn't you want it? Shouldn't yeah. you want her? Sorry. her.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's what, you know, David said in, in his writings, just to to seek after the spirit, you know, that, you know, after he uh, sinned with Bathsheba, he said, you know, please, Lord, just whatever you do, don't take the Holy Spirit away from me. That that was his most prized possession
2: yeah, and obviously, if uh,
0: if if Yahweh created wisdom and Yeshua, it it just shows his majesty that um, I feel like i I have a better understanding of Yahweh because I realize how little I know about him, how unsearchable, um, how majestic he is if if that makes sense, it almost you know
2: sounds like a contradiction, but
1: I get that. Um, I had to surrender a lot of understanding a long time ago, and I was <laughs> given some understanding in doing so. So,
0: <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, let's go on to uh, Proverbs 8.
1: Cool. We're going over to the new revised standard version for Proverbs 8, chapter 32. Now, my children, listen to me. Happy are those who keep my ways.
0: And that phrase there can kind of catch you off guard usually when you read it it's easy just to read past something like that but this is wisdom talking and she says now my children listen to me and it says she so if it's a she and she's saying my children then she is the mother of of those people she's talking to um and so it it's a little hidden in there, but once your eyes are open to it, this isn't the only passage that says that.
1: Yeah, that's definitely a easy connection there. After after you get the, the gender and the uh, targeted audience being called children for sure. I I love the what stood out to me was happier those who keep my ways. Her ways, yeah. you know, that's a direct connection to. father that's a direct connection to unity that's a direct connection to torah that's a direct connection to those ways that Yehusha exemplified when he was walking
0: yeah yeah very true all
2: right so yeah, let's go on to uh, chapter 14
1: verse 33 wisdom rests in the heart of one who has understanding and is even made known in the inward part of fools
0: and I think um, even people that live um, apart from from God realize that they're doing something wrong. And and I kind of feel like, I'm sure you guys have all felt it, that unbelievers are always looking for when a, a Christian makes a mistake. Um, if they can catch you in any type of lie or deceit, it almost is a, a super happy thing for them because they can try to prove something that they know. I mean, they, I believe that they know um, that God is real. They're just
2: trying to to deny it.
0: And if anyone is listening and, um, you know, is offended by the Holy Spirit is feminine or the Holy Spirit is mother, I totally understand you because um, five years ago, I would have been, The same way too and so i don't necessarily you don't have to believe the same way i do i encourage you to study the scriptures for yourself and to read these verses for yourself and and come to your own conclusions because i know what happened to me when when i did that Um, but that's up to you to you guys to decide for yourself all right so luke 7 and this is one of my favorite uh, passages here
1: verse 33 for John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine and you say he has a demon the son of man has come eating and drinking and you say behold a gluttonous man and a drunkard a friend of tax collectors and sinners yet wisdom is vindicated by all her children
0: and that was such a powerful passage for me I when I first started researching these things I was actually terrified because I had sought after the Holy Spirit um spent so much time trying to, to find out who she was. And so I didn't want to blaspheme her or do anything heretical um, against her. And this was a, a verse that she comforted comforted me with many times. Um, it was one of my favorite proof texts that showed, um, in, in my opinion, beyond a shadow of of a doubt who she is because this passage here is referring to john the baptist and yeshua and at the end of the passage it says wisdom is vindicated by all her children and so it calls wisdom a she and it says she has children and it says that john the baptist and yeshua are both her children and and it's in the New Testament, um, they they actually left it in there. They did change, um, there's another, in one of the other Gospels it has this too, and they, they changed it to works, that wisdom is justified by her works. And some of the older manuscripts actually have in the other Gospel, and I forget which one it is off the top of my head, have it as children also but they didn't have to waste a lot of time trying to alter this specific text because the church teaches that wisdom is just personified. And so it, it was kind of hiding in plain sight. Do you yeah, have anything like on it, that?
1: Turn it into some kind of metaphor or simile, and then just kind of brush it under the carpet. Yeah. Like the word ferment or the foundations of the earth. Just call it a simile. Turn it into a poetic phrase and brush it under the carpet. Wisdom yeah. is vindicated by all her children. That is very clear. And who is speaking who Who is speaking right now?
0: Um, that is Yeshua. I'm pretty sure.
1: yes, exactly
0: <laughs> so yeah, that's in in red letters that that he's saying, wisdom is vindicated by all her children. And those last two words were just so beautiful to me, the her children because really that says
2: it all so all
0: right let's go to uh luke 11 there
1: verse 48 so you are witnesses and approve the deeds of your fathers because it was they who killed them and you build their tombs for this reason also the wisdom of god said I will send to them prophets and apostles, and some of them they will kill, and some of them they will persecute, so that the blood of all the prophets shed since the foundation of the world may be charged against this generation. From the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who was killed between the altar and the house of God, yes, I tell you, it shall be charged against this generation.
0: And notice how they lowercase this again, um, because they... Don't believe wisdom is ruach. Um, most translations, maybe not all of them, will lowercase it, and it says the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, and that references Zechariah in there. And so I want to read second chronicles because um, I believe it's uh, the parallel to this one. if you want to read that one, James.
1: yeah, sure. second chronicles twenty four nineteen. Yeah. Okay. Yet he sent prophets to them to bring them back to the Lord. Though they testified against them, they would not listen. Then the Spirit of God came on Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada the priest, and he stood above the people and said to them, Thus God has said, Why do you transgress the commandments of the Lord and do not prosper? Because you have forsaken the Lord and he has also forsaken you. So they conspired against him, and at the command of the king, they stoned him to death in the court of the house of the Lord. Oh well, wow,
0: yeah. yeah notice in that one that it says, um, the spirit of God came on Zechariah, um, the son of uh, Jehodah the priest, and I believe that's the same exact thing as uh, the wisdom of God, that they're they're one and the same. Uh, at least in my mind, these passages are uh pretty close parallel.
1: Yeah, it's talking about the same event, you know, who was yeah. killed between the altar and the house of God. They conspired against him at the command of the king. They sent him to death in the court of the house of the Lord. Thus, God said, the spirit of God came on. For this reason, also the wisdom of God said, yeah, no, I, I see it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I love the ones, especially in the New Testament, because it just adds confirmation I mean, they there. There's a lot of passages on wisdom in Proverbs and in a lot of the apocryphal books um, you know, like Wisdom and Sirach and those types. Um, now this next passage, um, this is a really cool one to me because it, it shows a little bit about um, who she is and that she will, she, she doesn't remain in a, a sinful person that, and, and I'm not trying to place fear in people necessarily. Um, but if as believers if we live in sin too long in blatant sin I would say uh, some of these passages allude to that it grieves the spirit and that she eventually leaves and you know I believe that that's when you no longer have uh, a conscience or or that prodding um, telling you you know don't do these things Um, but so as we read this Uh, Wisdom, uh, chapter one. Just think about that. That there's something holy about her, and there's certain things that she likes that attract her, and certain things that um, she strongly dislikes, and that she wants to move away from.
2: Wisdom of
1: Solomon, chapter one, verse four. Because wisdom will not enter a deceitful soul, or dwell in a body enslaved to sin for a holy and disciplined spirit will flee from deceit and will leave foolish thoughts behind and will be ashamed at the approach of unrighteousness. For wisdom is a kindly spirit, but will not free blasphemers from the guilt of their words, because God is a witness of their innermost feelings and a true observer of their hearts and a hearer of their tongues, because the spirit of the Lord has filled the world, and that which holds all things together knows what is said. Therefore, those who utter unrighteous things will not escape notice and justice when it punishes will not pass them by for inquiry will be made into the counsels of the ungodly and a report of their words will come to the Lord to convict them of their lawless deeds because a jealous ear hears all things and the sound of grumbling does not go unheard.
0: Yeah, And there's so many, uh, spots in that, that, um, both allude to uh, her sensitivity that she doesn't want to be around sin, but also to her being uh, Rook, being the Holy Spirit. You know, in verse five, you have for a holy and disciplined spirit will flee from deceit, and then just after that, in six, it says, Wisdom is a kindly spirit, and then in verse seven, it says, Because the spirit of the Lord has filled the world. And that which holds all things together knows what is said. Now notice in verse seven, you see how spirits lowercase there. They do that on purpose because they don't want people to think that wisdom is the Holy Spirit. And so this is a complete translator decision. It doesn't mean that that word is supposed to be in lowercase. Um, obviously, in you know, in the Old Testament, you will hardly ever, I don't know if you'll ever find the spirit of the Lord in lowercase. They always capitalize it. But when it's talking about wisdom, they want to try to conceal it so they they lowercase it.
1: Interesting. And you said that that was completely a translator decision because the text that they're translating from, does, does that use capitals and lowercases?
0: Uh, I don't believe so. I believe that they are Um, all capitals, and I believe that that is the, uh, I think this one is translated from the Septuagint, Um, so I think that's uh, NUMA in this case, but I would have to research that a little bit, but yeah, and the funny thing is, if you look at a bunch of different translations, you will, and I'll show you some a little bit later, we're going to get to in the, tonight, where you can show how certain translators do it one way and other translators do it another way, showing that there it's basically up to their interpretation of of who they think she is or or what they think the text portrays. So, all right. This is one of my favorite ones here. Um, If you want to read Wisdom, Chapter 6. Verse 22,
1: I will tell you what wisdom is and how she came to be, and I will hide no secrets from you, but I will trace her course from the beginning of creation and make knowledge of her clear, and I will not pass by the truth. Then it skips to chapter 7, verse 7, Therefore I prayed, and understanding was given me. I called on God, and the spirit of wisdom came to me. I preferred her to scepters and thrones, and I accounted wealth as nothing in comparison with her. Neither did I liken to her any priceless gem, because all gold is but a little sand in her sight, and silver will be accounted as clay before her. I loved her more than health and beauty, and I chose to have her rather than light, because her radiance never ceases. All good things came to me along with her, and in her hand accounted wealth. I rejoiced in them all, because wisdom leads them but I did not know that she was their mother.
0: <laughs> yeah, Isn't that really plain right there? And this, if you read the entire text, it there's sort of a long gap in between there. And in verse 22, when he says, I will tell you what wisdom is and how she came to be. And, you know, as I'm reading it, I'm like, Yes, that's what I've always, I want to know exactly, you know, who she is. I want to I want to know these things. And then he says, I will hide no secrets, secrets from you. I will trace her course from the beginning of creation. But then he just keeps going. He doesn't give the answer right away. Like he just, he's kind of leading you on. And uh, then it says, I called on God and the spirit of wisdom came to me. And again, there, there's that words together that they could easily capitalize, but they decided not to. Um, but Spirit of Wisdom is a pretty strong statement. You know, that, and honestly, this is something for um, some of the listeners. And this is a, a friendly challenge that if if wisdom isn't the Holy Spirit, it's something for you to research. Who do you think the Spirit of Wisdom is? Um, you know, to do like a scripture dive and find out who exactly the spirit of wisdom is. But at the end there, uh, verse 12 is the, the craziest part where, I rejoiced in them all because wisdom leads them, but I did not know that she was their mother. And so even these prophets of old were just catching glimpses of these things. Like, you know, he is just writing in this text here at the end that, He was trying to find her, but he did not know that she was their mother, Uh, which is an awesome, I mean, just a really confirming passage on who she is.
1: Right. And it looks like, um, so this is referring to when Solomon had the dream and Yah came to him and asked him, you know, said, uh, ask me for anything and I'll give it to you. And Solomon said, wisdom and Yahweh was really pleased with his answer, so he gave him wisdom, and through wisdom, everything else came as well. So in verse 11, he's saying, All good things came to me along with her, and in her hands uncounted wealth, which he rejoiced in, because wisdom brought them, but he didn't know that wisdom is the mother of all good things. Like, that's, right. that's the way I'm reading those two verses together. Is that, yeah. is that accurate there?
0: Yeah, that's correct. Okay, cool. Yeah, and yeah, this uh, this next one here um, really is descriptive of of who wisdom is. So it's, um, you know, once you begin to realize some of these things, then you can uh, find out more uh, about Rua and you can find out um, who she is, what she likes, um, what to do to, to make her happy, um, all of those things. So um, if you want to read Chapter 7, this is a, a beautiful one.
1: Okay, yeah. uh, Chapter 7, verse 21. I learned both what is secret and what is manifest. For wisdom, the fashioner of all things, taught me. There is in her a spirit that is intelligent, holy, unique, manifold, subtle, mobile, clear, unpolluted, distinct, invulnerable, loving the good, keen, irresistible, beneficent, Humane, steadfast, sure, free from anxiety, all powerful, overseeing all, and penetrating through all spirits that are intelligent, pure, and altogether subtle. For wisdom is more mobile than any motion. Because of her pureness, she pervades and penetrates all things. For she is a breath of the power of God and a pure emanation of the glory of the Almighty. Therefore, nothing defiled gains entrance into her, for she is a reflection of eternal light, a spotless mirror of the working of God, and an image of his goodness. Although she is but one, she can do all things, and while remaining in herself, she renews all things. In every generation, she passes into holy souls and makes them friends of God and prophets, for God loves nothing so much as the person who lives with wisdom. She is more beautiful than the sun and excels every constellation of the stars. Compared with the light, she is found to be superior, for it is succeeded by the night. But against wisdom, evil does not prevail. She reaches mightily from one end of the earth to the other, and she orders all things well.
0: That is awesome. You can just feel uh, her presence on that passage. It is just uh, really amazing. Yeah, verse, uh, How can that 20... be
1: anything less than the rook? Although she is but one, she can do all things. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, and then in every generation, she passes into holy souls and makes them friends of God and prophets. Oh. I mean, it, it's so obvious once once you catch the revelation. And then for God loves nothing so much as the person who lives with wisdom. And so, you know, most of us here, are, our main goal in life is to please Yahweh, and it says here um, that Yahweh loves nothing so much as the person who lives with wisdom, uh, it's just so beautiful how it all ties together, you know. All right, so let's go on to uh, Wisdom Chapter 8, there's... Really good stuff in this one, too.
1: Cool. Verse, uh, we're going to start at verse 3. She glorifies her noble birth by living with Yahuwah, and the Lord of all loves her. For she is an initiate in the knowledge of Yahuwah and an associate in his works. If riches are a desirable possession in life, what is richer than wisdom, the active cause of all things? And if understanding is effective, who more than she? Is fashioner of what exists and if anyone loves righteousness her labors are virtues and for she teaches self-control and prudence justice and courage nothing in life is more profitable for mortals than these and if anyone longs for wide experience she knows the things of old and infers the things to come she understands turns of speech and the solutions of riddles she has foreknowledge of signs and wonders and of the outcome of seasons and times Therefore I determined to take her to live with me knowing that she would give me good counsel and encouragement in cares and grief because of her I shall have glory among the multitudes and honor in the presence of the elders though I am young I shall be keen sorry I shall be found keen in judgment and in the sight of rulers I shall be admired when I am silent they will wait for me and when I speak they will give heed if I speak at greater length they will put their hands on their mouths Because of her, I shall have immortality and leave an everlasting remembrance to those who come after me. I shall govern peoples and nations will be subject to me. Dread monarchs will be afraid of me when they hear of me. Among the people, I shall show myself capable and courageous in war. When I enter my house, I shall find rest with her. For companionship with her has no bitterness and life with her has no pain, but gladness and joy. When I considered these things inwardly, and pondered in my heart that in kinship with wisdom there is immortality, and in friendship with her, pure delight, and in the labors of her hands, unfailing wealth, and in the experience of her company, understanding, and renown in sharing her words, I went about seeking how to get her for myself. As a child, I was naturally gifted, and a good soul fell to my lot, or rather, being good, I entered an undefiled body. But I perceived that I would not possess wisdom unless YAH gave her to me. And it was a mark of insight to know whose gift she was. So I appealed to YAH and implored him. And with my whole heart, I said, Oh man, that cliffhanger.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, there is so much there. And especially if you look at uh, the very beginning of verse 3, She glorifies her noble birth by living uh, with God, and the Lord of all loves her. Um, She is an initiate in the knowledge of God and an associate of his works. That it tells us there that she was born. And um, I know as far as the Trinity doctrine goes, that talking about Ruach being born, uh, being born or Yeshua being born can be a very offensive thing, but there are a lot of passages talking about that, and specifically there's a lot of passages in the first part of the study, and I elaborated on it in my in one of my books, that they changed a lot of passages regarding some of these things on purpose, um, specifically with uh, Yeshua. Um, wisdom was one step buried deeper. Um, not just because of translators, but there's some other reasons to that. We'll we'll get to. Um, and then you know in verse 13 it says, "Because of her, I shall have immortality." Now, because of a personification, are we going to have immortality? <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? Like that's a pretty bold uh, statement. Um, and I love at the end that he says. Um, it was a mark of insight to know whose gift she was. Um, so I appealed to Yahweh and asked him, you know, for wisdom
2: Do you have anything on on that, James? or No, no, that's just uh, I had
1: I had a lot of fun reading that. It's beautiful.
2: yeah, that there's a lot there. You're doing a great job reading, too, by the way. All right, we'll go on. Yeah, You're welcome. We'll go on to Wisdom 9 there.
1: Okay. O Elohim of my ancestors, and Adonai of mercy, who have made all things by your word and by your wisdom, have formed humankind, have dominion over the creatures you have made, and rule the world in holiness and righteousness, and pronounce judgment and uprightness of soul, give me the wisdom that sits by your throne and do not reject me from among your servants.
2: Yeah, and
0: I'll read the uh, that next part real quick there, too. This is a uh, New American Bible Revised Edition. Uh, wisdom four says, Give me wisdom, the consort, at your throne, and do not reject me from among your children. And a consort is uh, a wife, a husband, or a companion, um, which is... Just absolutely amazing to me. And do you, if you notice in there, in the first and second verses, it says, Who have made all things by your word and by your wisdom have formed humankind. And so in that passage, you have Ruach and Yeshua um, creating things, which is super cool. I mean, obviously, we know that Yahweh. Um, was the head and was uh, the creator, but that that wisdom and Yeshua were joining with him in his creation. Uh, it just kind of ties everything
2: all together yeah that's beautiful. That's a really nice grab, nice catch there. Thank you. All right, we'll go on to
0: wisdom. Uh, 9 9
1: there. Hey, with you is wisdom. She knows your works and was present when you made the world. She understands what is pleasing in your sight and what is right according to your commandments. Send her forth from the holy heavens and from the throne of your glory. Send her that she may labor at my side and that I may learn what is pleasing to you. For she knows and understands all things, and she will guide me wisely in my actions and guard me with her glory.
0: Yeah, so I love how talking. you have the
1: whole thing emphasized. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. I, I was going to do just part of it, and I I just couldn't. I'm like, forget it. We're just going to bowl the whole thing. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, that she was with him when he made the world um, and where, where, she at again in, in verse 10, it says, send her forth from the holy heavens from the throne of your glory, send her. So she is on the throne with Yah. And he's saying, send her from the throne. And it gives us a, a key to pleasing Yahweh there that it says that I may learn what is pleasing to you. The wisdom of, will teach us what is pleasing to to Yahweh. And so I, there's just there's just a lot in some of these passages that um, it would be cool to you know, just as you guys are pondering these things to have some uh, quiet times and kind of go over some of these passages because there's a lot, and i I guarantee you there's things I've missed. So I mean, there's a lot of really good nuggets in here to to pull out. All right, so we'll go on to uh, verse 16.
1: We can hardly guess at what is on earth and what is at hand we find with labor, but who has traced out what is in the heavens? Who has learned your counsel unless you have given wisdom and sent your Holy Spirit from on high? And thus the paths of those on earth were set right, and people were taught what pleases you and were saved by wisdom
0: yeah and notice how in verse seventeen, it has wisdom and the Holy Spirit in the same sentence. and yeah. pay attention to how they lowercased Holy Spirit. <laughs> now now again, how how the heck are you going to lowercase Holy Spirit? They never do that, but if if it's pertaining to wisdom, that's not part of the doctrine. it. I think most of you guys probably know if, if anyone doesn't believe in the doctrine of the Trinity, you're going to be excluded from a, a huge chunk of the church. They're going to think that you are uh, a heretic. Um, and so there's a lot of those things that the translators aren't willing to compromise. That They lowercase them.
1: That seems really extreme to lowercase the words Holy Spirit.
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's crazy. That there's several spots in the Shepherd of Hermas that they do it to. Um, and some of the I have maybe four or five different translations of the Shepherd of Hermas, one of my favorite all-time books. And not only do they lowercase Holy Spirit in there, they have footnotes that try to say um, other things. They'll say this is not referring to the Holy Spirit from the Old Testament. <laughs> I pretty much laugh out loud as I read some of the, the footnotes, you know. And all right. Yeah, and even at the end of that passage, it says that the people were saved by wisdom, which is really cool. All right, so we'll go on to uh, chapter 10 there.
1: Verse 15, A holy people and blameless race, wisdom delivered from a nation of oppressors. She, she entered the soul of a servant of the Lord and withstood dread kings with signs and wonders. She gave to holy people the reward of their labors. She guided them along a marvelous way and became a shelter to them by day and a starry flame through the night. She brought them over the Red Sea and led them through deep waters, but she drowned their enemies and cast them up from the depth of the sea. Holy guacamole, she is the flame and the smoke.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, like, think about it. You know, when you talk about the Holy Spirit, a lot of people say, talk about the cloud, right? And obviously you have the tongues of fire. You have, you know, a lot of people that we need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. And so it all sort of makes sense, but you don't put it together right away.
2: You sure don't.
0: But yeah, and, and again there, it's we had read that, uh, one of those passages, of verse 16 earlier, but um, she entered the soul of the servant of the Lord, which was uh, Moses. Um, but yeah, that she was, she was there the whole time, uh, throughout the wilderness, and even in the New Testament, um, I believe it's in the book of Acts. Um, it says, and, I, and I'm paraphrasing here, but do not harden your hearts, you know, as you did, um, you know, when you're walking through the desert, um, you know, when you basically went against the Holy Spirit, um, you know, and so. There's so many references to the Holy Spirit being with them, you know, as they
2: went through the desert.
0: So, in some scary verses too, that you know, verse 19 says, "She drowned their enemies and cast them up from the depth of the sea." And some of those things you don't always equate to uh, the Holy Spirit, um, but it's all true. Obviously, in In the book of uh, Acts, you have um, Ananias and Sapphira, who would they like to? They lied to the Holy Spirit, and they
2: fell over dead.
0: So let's go on to, uh, um, oh, Hebrews 3. This is actually not in Acts. This was the reference I was looking for here. If you want to read Hebrews 3.
1: Yeah, sure. Therefore. Just as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as when they provoked me, as in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tried me by testing me and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with this generation and said, They always go astray in their heart, and they did not know my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they will not enter into my rest.
0: Yeah, and so... I mean, the Holy Spirit's confirming there that they they were provoking her uh, in the wilderness, that they saw her works, um, that she was literally with them as, you know, the cloud and the fire, um, and they still went astray from her. Yeah, we'll go on to Wisdom chapter 11.
1: Verse 1. Wisdom prospered their works by the hand of a holy prophet. Jumping one chapter forward, uh, 12, verse 1. For your immortal spirit is in all things.
0: Yeah, and the reason I link these together here is, um, and you can read them because I, uh, I don't believe that they're taken out of context, um, that it's referring to wisdom. But, you know, it starts off, you know, specifically talking about wisdom. And then as it continues on, it says, your immortal spirit is in all things. And so it's another, in my opinion, another confirmation that wisdom is the Holy Spirit. I mean, who else could the immortal spirit be? And notice they lowercase that, by the way. Um, A ton of these passages, they lowercase on purpose.
1: Connecting that verse in chapter 12 with a few earlier, um, where it's talking about how wisdom is being poured out and wisdom is creating all things and wisdom is you know the the giver of all good things i mean that to your point connects the immortal spirit being wisdom in all things
0: yeah yeah it's, there's just so many confirmations it's the deeper you get into this it's it gets harder and harder to, to deny it um, so, yeah, let's go on to Sirach 4. This one is another good one. All
1: right. So this is from Ecclesiasticus or the Wisdom of Sirach. Right? The Wisdom of Sirach? hmm Yeah. Okay. Cool. Chapter 4, verse 11. Wisdom teaches her children and gives help to those who seek her. Whoever loves her loves life. And those who seek her from early morning are filled with joy. Whoever holds her fast inherits glory and Yahuwah blesses the place she enters. Those who serve her minister to the Holy One. Yahuwah loves those who love her.
0: And that's just such an amazing passage that um, Yahweh loves those that love her. Um, And again, at the very beginning there in, in verse 11, it says, wisdom teaches her children. And again, those two words are are so comforting to me because, like I say, I was really nervous in the beginning, but her children, um, you know, it shows that she is a mother. And I'll read this next one real quick here, James. Um, Sirach 622, um, for wisdom is like her name. She is not readily perceived by many. And so even in these writings, and this isn't the only place, oftentimes when wisdom is talked about, it's saying that she is mysterious. Not everyone will understand her. And so there's something about that verse that just just captures me, that for wisdom is like her name. She is not readily pre- perceived by many, and so you know one of my goals or one of my hearts is to be one of the one of the one, the ones that perceive her. Um, and I don't know that I'll ever do that perfectly, but that doesn't mean that I shouldn't try my best to perceive who she is.
1: Very interesting too, to this whole. Um... This whole conspiracy of the lower casing and the uh, hiding of the, you know, changing changing the identity of wisdom. Essentially, this Mm -hmm. verse is almost like prophesying about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there. I feel like it. It was sort of hidden for, you know, there could be even some reasons. Um, and I had talked about this a little bit earlier on discord but i just believe that this is a season that she wants to be revealed for who she is and and i believe that michael and rob have that same heart that they just have a stirring to reveal who wisdom is in this hour like it, it's a important important time frame
2: all right let's go on to Sirach 15
1: there Whoever fears Yahuwah will do this, and whoever holds to the Torah will obtain wisdom. She will come to meet him like a mother, and like a young bride, she will welcome him. She will feed him with the bread of learning and give him the water of wisdom to drink.
0: Yeah, there's just a lot of neat stuff uh, again in that one. She will come to meet him like a mother, Uh, and even the, the bread and the water that There's so many other passages that that talk about that, even uh, with Yeshua.
2: All right, now we'll go on to chapter
0: 24.
1: Verse 18. I am the mother of beautiful love, of fear, of knowledge, and of hope. Being eternal, I am given to all my children, to those who are named by him.
0: Yeah, and so, and this is actually a, Kind of a critical passage, because um, if you look up a lot of translations of the Apocrypha, um, this verse is missing in a lot of them. Um, a lot of a lot of the, the text that's been removed from. Uh, this translation, the NETS does have it in, but the majority and this would be something interesting to look up for yourselves. The majority of them don't have this passage. Um, but, so, the mother of all of those things, and then at the end, it says i am I am given to all my children, all those who are named by him. And so, uh, just a, another confirmation of uh, of wisdom being
2: Ruach All right,
0: let's go to second Esdras chapter thirteen.
1: verse fifty three. This is the interpretation of the dream that you saw. And you alone have been enlightened about this, because you have forsaken your own ways and have applied yourself to mine and have searched out my law. For you have devoted your life to wisdom and called understanding your mother.
0: And again, it's talking about them, um, you know, wisdom and understanding um, in the same sentence, um, and that they're called your mother. Uh, I just love. I just love how many times this comes up and how hidden it's been from
2: from our eyes all of this time. Let's go
0: to Enoch 48.
1: It's like the second part of verse one is where yes. we're starting. And all the thirsty drank of them and were filled with wisdom and their dwellings were with the righteous and holy and elect. And at that hour, the son of man... I'm sorry. And at that hour, that Son of Man was named in the presence of Yahuwah Sebaoth, and his name before the head of days. And the wisdom of, the, of Yahuwah Sebaoth hath revealed him to the holy and righteous. For he hath preserved the lot of the righteous, because they have hated and despised this world of unrighteousness, and have hated all its works and ways in the name of Yahuwah Sebaoth. For in his name they are saved. And according to his good pleasure, hath it been in regard to their life.
0: And so, again, it's saying that all of them were filled with wisdom, and the wisdom of the Lord of Spirits um, has revealed him to the holy and righteous. So, um, wisdom is revealing her son, Yeshua. And we had read the passage from the Gospel of the Hebrews last time, and you know, in, in Matthew chapter 3, the Gospel of the Hebrews says that the original text, at least in uh, in Origen's opinion and, and probably my opinion, it says that the Holy Spirit came down on Jesus as a dove, or on Yeshua, as a dove, and remained on him and said, and the Holy Spirit said, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. And when I first read that in the Gospel of the Hebrews, this can't be that the Father said that. And so I immediately go to the text, and curiously enough, it says a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved with whom I am well pleased. And in my opinion, when they did some modifications, they had just enough of the fear of the Lord not to completely change it to the Father, but they, they took The holy spirit out of the equation and just said a voice from heaven and obviously that's my opinion on it uh you're welcome to your own but that it's just uh something else to think about all right so let's go to uh, the shepherd of hermas 59 and this is another highly modified verse so keep in mind that every translation of shepherd of hermas uh, will not be worded this way Uh, On purpose.
1: Chapter 59, verse 5. That Holy Spirit, which was created first of all, he placed in a chosen body, as it seemed good to him. This body, therefore, into which the Holy Spirit was brought, served that Spirit, walking rightly and purely in modesty, nor ever defiled that Spirit. Seeing, therefore, the body at all times obeyed the Holy Spirit, and labored rightly and chastely with him, nor faltered at any time, that body being worried I'm sorry, that body being wearied conversed indeed servile, but being mightily approved to God with the Holy Spirit was accepted by him. For such a stout course pleased God, because not defiled in the earth, keeping the Holy Spirit.
0: And so, you know, it's talking about the Holy Spirit that was created first of all. That she was a very first creation, and and as we get farther we'll there's a specific reason um, or, or way to tie it into why that would make sense. Uh, but then it's talking about that one of Yeshua's um, main goals as he walked the earth was to walk in a 100% pure passion with Ruach. Um, but knowing now that um, she's his mother, it makes it so much, so much deeper. Um, there's so much more life to it. And that's why um, I mean, I believe that uh, the things that Yeshua did on the earth actually um, earned him more more glory, um, his servanthood. Um, I'll read these next two here. Uh, they're Matthew chapter fifteen. This is the standard translation, and I think this is the NASB. I forgot to put a, um, the thing on the end there. Uh, but the, the regular translations of Matthew 15, 24, it says, But he answered and said, I was sent to the lost sheep of Israel. But the, uh, the Hebrew Shem Tov, Gospel of Matthew, it says, Jesus answered them, they did not send me except the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Meaning his parents. Um, And you can again see why they would want to possibly alter that text. Um, Now, that one's a little bit more hidden. It would be hard to prove that from the oldest manuscripts we have, which unfortunately, the oldest manuscript we have that's near complete is from 325, around the time of the Council of Nicaea. then, James, if you want to read Ephesians uh, 5, unless you had anything on Matthew 15.
1: Just wow. Um, if my jaw dropping had a sound, just imagine that's what you heard. <laughs>
0: All right, Ephesians
1: chapter 5, verse 31. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Whoa, he left his mom and dad to come and join the church as his bride. That's awesome. Yeah,
0: And even it says in there, this mystery is great. So even that phrase there, this mystery is is great, saying not everyone who reads this will understand what the heck I'm talking about, but I'm actually referencing Christ in the church. And it's another one of those uh, passages that comforted me early on when I was nervous that I was getting really far off. You know, I, my goal is to honor the Lord as as much as possible. And so I don't want to, to teach incorrectly if I can help it. Um, that being said that I, I'm just a person and and I'm going to make mistakes. So, um, You guys definitely need to uh, research for
2: yourselves as well. All right. Let's
0: see. All right. Let's do Isaiah uh, 48 here.
1: And now the sovereign Lord and his spirit have sent me with this message.
0: Yeah. And so it doesn't just say, and this is, um, if you read the the whole passage, it's a little lengthy, um, but it's speaking of Yeshua. And so it doesn't just say Yahweh sent me with the message. It says Yahweh and Ruach sent me with the message. Um, and, and just so you guys know, some of these I didn't find on my own. Uh, the Lord told me to read the writings of Origen who wrote in the 200s. And he referenced some of these things that opened up my eyes. And I don't agree with everything he said. so. But he did open my eyes
2: to certain things. All right, now let's read Isaiah 49,
0: and as we read it, uh, in my opinion, I don't believe that this is pertaining to Yeshua being born of Mary. Um, I believe that this is referencing Yeshua being born in general. So. Okay, cool. Isaiah chapter
1: 49, verse 1. Listen to me, O islands, and pay attention, you peoples from afar. Yahuwah called me from the womb. From the body of my mother, he named me. He has made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he has concealed me. And he has also made me a select arrow. He has hidden me in his quiver. He said to me, You are my servant, Israel, in whom I will show my glory. But I said, I have toiled in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing in vanity. Yet surely the justice due to me is with Yahuwah, and my reward with my Elohim. And now, says Yahuwah, who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, so that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the sight of Yahuwah, and my Elohim is my strength.
0: Yeah, and so, you know, it's saying there that from the body of my mother, he named me. and. That's a really deep thought-provoking statement, uh, which we probably shouldn't get on too much of a rabbit trail there. But it—I uh, mean—it refers back to um, Genesis chapter one, um, that the spirit hovered over the waters, um, and I believe that Yeshua came out of the water. That that was the womb that he was—that
2: he was in.
1: Yeah, that's that. That kind of lines up with a um, uh, cross study I had uh, heard a while back that the the waters and the deep were like the the first womb. So yeah, that's good.
0: Yeah, and John chapter one, as you read it, um, there's so much focus on the light. You know that uh, John just keeps going over and over it that uh, that the true light was coming into the world and. Uh, you know, John was saying that I am not the light, um, but Yeshua is the light. And he's referencing when God said, Let there be light. And the coolest, I mean, there's, if you really look at it, in Genesis, in the very first verse of Genesis, you have God created the heavens and the earth, so you have Yahweh. In verse 2, you have Ruach hovered over the waters, so you have Ruach. In verse three, he says, Let there be light, which is Yeshua. And so you have um, Father, Mother, and Son in verse one, two, and three. It's just absolute perfection the way um, God designed the whole thing. And then you have the very first work of creation, which is Yeshua being created out of the womb. And then the second day, there's only one. Thing to happen too. And the waters were separated and the womb was separated. And so the two most crucial things happened in the beginning and then everything else happened after that. And it wasn't until day four that the sun and the moon were created. And so when Yeshua said, I am the light of the world, he was literally saying, I am the light of the world. Go back to Genesis chapter one. The sun and the moon weren't created until until day four. So who is the, the true light? And Gospel of John says that Yeshua is the true light. I don't know if that makes sense with you.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's good. I, I was envisioning it as you were talking. And before, before you brought up him saying that he was the light of the world, I was making that connection. I think a lot of people were doing that too. It's, it's really cool. I was also awesome. thinking about how... Um, Uh, in john it writes about him being the word and i was Mm -hmm. thinking about as you were saying verse one verse two verse three verse three is the first time that Yah speaks that that we have in genesis and that that is his word coming out and going in to create the light yes and and yeshua being his first real like like living thing. I mean, we can we can get into mm-hmm. pre-Adamites and all that another time. But it, in regards to Genesis, um, that's that was something that hit me, and that's really beautiful.
0: Yeah. No. Hundred percent. All right. Um, this next section, if you guys want to look at it, um, I won't read the whole thing, but I want you to focus on the spirit um, of wisdom and revelation. Um, The first translation there we have is the NASB 1995, and it says, um, he may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. The King James says, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So there's actually a little bit of a difference there. Um, It's more specific if you're saying the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And then in the NIV, notice how they capitalize the word spirit. and so it shows there's a lot of fill words that they put in, um, you know, to make to make the sentence make sense in the English. And so there's a lot of decisions that translators can make. And you see that, James, how they can have a, a huge factor in how uh, the verse comes to us.
1: Right.
2: Yeah.
1: It's, I mean, the, the top two are are kind of, similar except for the the generalizing of the spirit turning it into a, a potentially multiple thing not specifically the spirit you know but then what what is, what is happening over here
2: yeah there's a lot of words just thrown in there yeah alright so let's see here going on to the next one uh, Acts chapter three. Now, a lot of times as we read this, we're
0: just thinking that that these men were given um, the spirit and wisdom, not that they were the same thing. So the, the phrasing there says "full of the of the spirit and of wisdom." Now, I want to sh- I'm going to show you guys a few things here. Um, and I have some Strong's numbers in there. This first one is the the King James Strong. So if you guys remember from the first study, the the Greek text behind the King James New Testament averages around the uh, 1100. So it's not very old, and it's commonly referred to as the Texas Receptus, um, although you could get really technical with some of those terms. Now notice here, I just have the one word in the bold there and it's and now the Strong's number always the way they type this out the Strong's number always follows the word so when it says and that g 2532 is the Greek Strong's number for the word and am I making sense James I hopefully I'm not being too confusing here
1: nope I'm following
0: okay um So now flip to NESB, which uses the older Greek text and notice uh, on the word and there is no Strong's number following that. So the older manuscripts did not have an and in there, um, which completely changed the text, um, that they would be full uh, of basically of wisdom, the spirit like it. There's no and there that they're not separate things.
1: So you're saying that that and wasn't originally in the manuscript?
0: Correct. And you can see where the King James entered into their manuscript with that G2532. Absolutely. and, And then the older texts do not have that. And there's numerous times that they did this if you really do like a deep search on it.
1: So would and of be italicized?
0: Um, they don't do the, uh, they don't italicize if they're fill words, usually.
2: Interesting. Okay. All right.
1: Uh, That's blatant. So, um, it should read, therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit of wisdom.
0: And you could even just say the spirit wisdom, like, Okay. Even the word of, there's no Greek for. So um, they could just say full of the spirit wisdom. You know, basically describing each other. Yeah. But I'm not because sure what of the,
1: the Greek word for wisdom is, but it'd be like pneuma wisdom.
0: Um, I think Sophia is the Greek word for Pneuma Sophia. <laughs> yeah. That,
1: that flows so much better.
0: <laughs> yeah, it would be pneuma Sophia in the, in the Greek. But yeah and it's just a little sleight of hand i mean we're we're really splitting hairs here because we're we're looking at a greek word that was added for the word and but the real question in my mind is why did they do it what were they trying to hide all right so we'll go on to this next one in exhibit three um act 610 and it says but they were unable to cope uh with the wisdom and the spirit he was speaking um and again when you look uh in the strongs that first one the king james strongs for the word and there is a strong's number four so that word and is in the greek for the king james 1100 a.d text but when you go to the uh nesb which uses a text from around the year 350 uh give or take the words and and spirit um neither one has a strongs number afterwards so again that one could be it could easily be translated with um without those words that uh with the wisdom spirit with which he was speaking and that would have a whole different ring to it but they were unable to cope with the wisdom spirit with which he was speaking
2: All right, now, what do you have, something, James?
1: I, I'm, I'm just, I'm reading the rest of these words that seem like they, I mean, I see one, two, three, four, five, six, six or seven words to this entire verse in the Greek.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of fill words, so the translators have a lot of power. Um, now. I can pretty much guarantee you, you are not going to get on a main Bible translation committee if you're not a Trinitarian. You're just, I mean, it's going to be difficult to have anything that would go against the the Trinitarian slant. Now here is the big ones, because I argued against myself for a long time, and most people you talk to with these things, they will say, Well, doesn't the book of John uh call the Holy Spirit He many times? You know, obviously in John 14, 15, and 16, you have Yeshua telling the disciples, um, it's better that I go, for until I go, uh the comforter cannot the comforter cannot come to you. And in John 14, uh, the NESB um, denotes a gender as masculine as far as he or him, 20 times in those three chapters. But I want to show you something because I would have never, until I did a deep dive on it, I would have never believed it. So John fourteen seventeen says, That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot conceive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. And so, four times there, right? It's giving a, a gender um, for the Holy Spirit. Now, look, look here at the the King James.
2: Um, it has the G eight forty six after
0: the first hymn, um, and three of them have the uh, the G eight forty six. Now, the uh, the last T, um, they don't have a Greek word for that. They just that in there out of a translator decision now in fairness the g846 in the greek it can mean himself or herself so it could go either way so at first you know i've heard people teach on this that the train uh a bad decision that it could have been herself but now look below at the nesb um and this is the older greek text um, Zero times does it have a Greek, a Greek number following uh, he or him. That in the original Greek manuscript, it was not in there. And so it, between the year 350 and the year 11, 1100, these things got actually added into the Greek text, the textus receptus, to underlies the King James, and encouraging them to put
2: a gender to it.
0: Um, so we're going to Exhibit 5, John fifteen twenty six. When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. Now again, the King James Strongs is the first one there. Um, and the word he has G1565, so they do have a Greek word for it. And then if you go down one step lower, the NASB Strongs, there's no Greek word following the word he. So they there was no, that wasn't supposed to be translated that way. Um, contemporary English version, the CEV. Um, this, again, proves that translators can make the decision. Uh, the CEV in John 15:26, it says, I will send you the Spirit who comes from the Father and shows what is true. The Spirit will help you and will teach you about me. So it doesn't give a gender at all there.
2: And to close off this section here,
0: um, which I had referred to before, John 14 to 16, 20 times gives a gender for the Holy Spirit in the NESB. The CEV does it five times. So they still give a, a he gender, but only five out of the 20. Now here's where where i believe is the most upsetting thing to me out of these 20 times that the holy spirit is called a he or a him the king james actually added uh the word into their text 10 of those times um, and so that to me it shows motive that why would you 10 times why would you add um, that word into the greek text Anything on that section, James, before we go to the next uh, page? I think it's
1: uh, highlighting the translator bias. Very, very fascinating stuff.
0: Awesome. Hopefully it was understandable. Eh? Uh, sometimes that yeah, stuff can this, be a little bit...
1: clear. No, 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 no. Very, 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 very clear. Awesome. He, 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 you know, just throw that in there so that this individual that we think we already know... We can just give the gender that we've already determined he has, because he is the father, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and if they're three and one, then it, it kind of takes a lot of the discussion out of the whole thing anyways. Um, and I'll have you read some of these, James, in this next section. And I want you guys, and I'll say something here. I don't often support the, uh, the King James translation. But they didn't do everything wrong. There's no perfect Bible. Um, Now, the current translations, most of them do name a gender uh, for the Holy Spirit. But some of these that we're going to be reading, the King James, and this is the translators. Now, this isn't the uh, Greek text. They had just enough reverence put he in there. Now, they did put it. And obviously, I I am not for uh, calling the Holy Spirit. In it, but it shows that they they didn't want to put their stamp on it that it was a he, at least in certain verses. And in, in beyond all else, it proves that they can decide how they translate it. So if you want to read both of those on John 1, there, James.
1: Sure. So this is John chapter 1, verse 32, uh, first in the NASB. John testified saying, I have seen the spirit descending as a dove out of heaven and he remained upon him. And then uh, in the King James and John bear records saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven, like a dove and it, abode, and it abode upon him.
0: You see how those are translated completely different.
1: Right. And you threw a note here in the middle. Uh, he has no Strong's number. So that's another complete addition similar to the ones that we were looking at above. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that is correct. Yeah, there's, if you look, there's no Strong's word for that. They just have to make the sentence. But would
1: read, John testified saying, I have seen the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven and remained upon him.
0: Um, kind of.
1: Okay.
0: I don't, I don't uh, claim to be a Hebrew or Greek scholar. And a lot of times it can be a very complicated thing, translating text to make them understandable. That could get into a, outside of my scope.
1: (laughs) That makes sense. Uh, I I respect that. And uh, to your point, we were reading one of the verses above that was like 16 words long, but there were only six or seven Greek actual words in it. So to put your stamp on, yes, that is correct. When a lot of these words might not even be in the text would be folly. Yeah, good call.
0: Yeah. And so if you have translators that are Trinitarian, um, they can sort of Make it what they want it to be for at least for certain things. Um, so yeah, now let's go on to exhibit two. If you want to read both of those on Acts 15,
1: yeah, so Acts chapter 11, verse 15, first NASB, and then I'll read in the King James right after. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them just as He did upon us at the beginning. So, okay, with uh, it would read more like. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them just as he did upon us at the beginning. Holy Spirit, a he. Okay. King James. And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning.
0: So again, there's in the King James, they don't have a gender on that one. And there's no Strong's number uh, for the word he in this one either. That's just a, uh, a word that the translators put in there to,
2: to make it make sense.
0: So, yeah, now let's do, um, and you can read all three of these. The last one will kind of shock you a little bit, but uh, all three of these, Romans 8:16. Okay,
1: cool. Starting with NASB. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. King James the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And then from the old Syriac manuscripts. And she, the spirit gives testimony with our spirit that we are children of God.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You see how much different now, obviously they're using a script for that last one, but um, even going back again, now this time there is, There is a Greek word for himself in this one, but it's G846 that can be translated himself or herself. So they still have a decision if they want to go with he or she. And remember, pneuma in the Greek is neuter. So the translators can make a decision which way they want to go. Now this last one is amazing. That she, the spirit, gives testimony with our spirit that we are the children of God. And I want to clarify one thing here. The oldest Syriac manuscripts, um, and of course, um, Ruach in the Syriac was a feminine noun. Um, And I forget now if it was was Ruha. Yeah, he said it was Ruha. Ruha. But we don't have any complete manuscripts of the really old ones. They have the Holy Spirit as feminine. They they did a slow modification where eventually the Syriac translations or the Syriac texts had to match that was done at the Council of Nicaea. And so you can actually trace it through history. And I think I talk about it later in this paper, so I won't get deep into it. Um, but in a very specific years uh, in the Syriac spirit was she and then once you got to the next time frame it was mixed sometimes it was he sometimes it was she and then by the time you get to the end it was always he now the oldest syriac manuscripts that we have today that are complete enough to do a translation on are unfortunately he um, but the fragments that they have in the older ones um, it's she something good to research though. it's it's fascinating to look at the
2: the old Syriac.
0: All right, let's go on to uh Romans 8 there.
1: Okay, hey, Romans 8:26 in the NASB. In the same way the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And it looks like you have himself is G846, so it could be himself, herself, themselves, itself, he, she, it. And mm-hmm. they chose himself. But in the King James, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered.
0: So again, the translators are able to make a decision on which way they want to go. Um, and from what I've found, and, and if you guys find something, let me know. I, I'm open to to new findings, but I haven't found any passages where the Holy Spirit was supposed to be translated as he. That, you know, even as far as the word Numa in the G846, um, one of the translations is herself of that word. Which is, uh, it's upsetting to me that someone would have the audacity to change the gender. Um, of Ruach
2: Alright, so let's go to uh, Corinthians there, Exhibit 5
1: Sure uh, Real quick before before I do I, I had pulled up G846 on the Blue Letter Bible and um, I, I was just looking at the total times that was put into the word in the King James and you know It says that the outline of biblical usage, herself, is one of the usages, but even in the Strong's, instead of saying clearly how many times herself was used, it shows how many times him, his, their, he, her, they, same, himself were used, but then 1,008 times it just says, miscellaneous, (laughs) instead of saying,
0: herself. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, they don't want to make it too obvious there, but... That's been one of the coolest things on this journey is whenever someone tells a lie, they never cover their tracks perfectly. And so once you kind of catch the smell of the direction that they're trying to go, you can start to uncover all of the lies that they did.
1: All right. Uh, you said Exhibit 5, correct?
2: Yes. <laughs>
1: Rebecca. Uh, 1 Corinthians twelve eleven but one and the same spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually just as he wills that's the nasb and then in the common english version but it is the spirit who does all this and decides which gifts to give to each of us
0: and so again there um and i think that's the contemporary english version um they don't have a gender in there, and there is, in that instance, there is no Strong's word for he. So most translations um, added in there to make the, the sentence make sense.
1: But the Common English made sense of it just fine by taking a synonym of will and switching it to a version of it. Mm-hmm. it decides. decides.
2: Wow, that's fascinating.
0: Um, the next section here is on the Syriac manuscripts. Um, do you think I should stop at the end of this, James?
1: Let's see here. Um, so would that be between the Syriac manuscripts and when, how, were wisdom and the Word created? Right. Yeah, yeah, because I think you, you laid a nice uh, understanding of when and how wisdom and the Word were created already, as, just mm-hmm. as we were going through the previous um, verses there. And that's pretty extensive.
0: Yeah, So there unless is some... You,
1: unless you want to jump down to one of the sections beyond that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll probably just do the Syriac Manus Scripts. Cool. Um, the only bummer is it really kind of ties together at the end. Um, but we'll see. At the start of page 12 is the, the last of... Is it really, it kind of builds and then it it ties in, but I went too slow, so that's my fault. All right, the um, Syriac manuscripts. And this is something good for you guys to research as well. Um, The Syrians commonly understood the spirit to be female, and almost all Syrian texts up to the year 400 portrayed the wisdom as feminine. Um, So, of course, they had the county five. Um, Now, the Syriac texts uh, weren't necessarily in the exact same vicinity, so it took them a while until uh the romans made them conform essentially um so any text you find up to the year 400 of when the manuscripts were written um it will have she um right around the year 400 you started to see some changes so between 400 and 500 you'll see a mixture of she and he um, then after 500 like between 500 and 600 Almost all the Syriac manuscripts were changed to he in all instances. Now, unfortunately, and this is something uh, again, don't don't believe me, research it for yourself. Unfortunately, all the Syriac uh, translations we have today, um, they're they're not based on text older than the year 600, um, which that makes me sad. I I would love to have a complete manuscript from before 400 that had uh, she in there all the time. All right, now here's a little bit of on how they made some of their changes. Uh, so ruha was uh, the feminine word for the spirit was not easily changed in the Syriac manuscripts. I mean, you had to be pretty devious to change a manuscript, anyways, but it wasn't a real easy thing for him to change. Um, they started using masculine gender verbs, pronouns, and adjectives uh, with ruha instead of feminine. So when they would use Ruha, they would throw in all these uh, masculine, uh, masculine things with her. Um, in Psalms 51, of the oldest Syriac script, it reads, Take not thy Holy Spirit, Ruhaq Kadishta, from me, using a feminine adjective. The later Syriac manuscripts state, Take not thy Holy Spirit, ruhak Kadisha from me, altering to a masculine adjective. And it doesn't look like a very big change there, but kadishta is a feminine adjective and kadisha is a masculine one. And so from that little sight of hand, they could change the gender. Um, one other example is in 1 Corinthians 3:16. Uh, it says the spirit of God dwells dwells amra. And amra is a feminine verb. The later Syriac manuscripts alter this passage using the verb Amar, which is masculine. So again, just a little side of hand, but between Amra being a feminine verb and Amar being a masculine verb, it changes the gender. And so at the end of this, I just have a couple quotes from the oldest Syriac manuscripts already, but I'll read it again. Actually, if you want to read uh, these two here, James.
1: Yeah, sure. So we got John 14, 26, correct? Yes. Okay, cool.
0: But she, the
1: spirit, the paraclete, whom he will send to you, my father, in my name, she will teach you everything. She will remind you of that which I have told you. And that's from an old Syriac Sinaitic palimpsest. Okay, and then Romans eight sixteen, And she, the spirit, gives testimony with our spirit, that we are children of God,
0: and it has such a different ring to it from the old Syriac, doesn't it? I mean, it it does, yeah. It, not even close to the same. And then um, another thing that I've looked into a little bit is the papyrus fragments. Um, you know, because my heart's been to study the oldest possible manuscripts. Um, the papyrus fragments are the oldest ones we have today. Unfortunately, they're very fragmentary, so you. You can't just look up every single verse, um, but you can go through and review them. Uh, and I put a credit on there: uh, uh, the way to Yahua dot uh, com. He actually has taken the time to translate almost every papyrus fragment um, that's available. Uh, most of these, with the power of the internet, have highly digitized photos that people can look over and translate. And so that's a great website. There's a, a great resource there. Um, I think he has um, some stuff on Dead Sea Scrolls and a lot of good stuff. On the right-hand side, though, there, and it's a little bit um, smaller hard to read. And this is uh, John chapter 16. Now, this is in the, the Greek, mind you. So this is a Greek uh, papyrus fragment written in 225 A.D. Now, why is that year important? It's a hundred years before the Council of Nicaea, uh, who basically Constantine made it illegal at that time to speak against the doctrine of the Trinity. Um, The the, the doctrine wasn't even close to being formed at the time. And this one here says, Because out of mine she shall accept, and she will declare to you all, everything, all that acquires the Father, mine exist. Because of this, I have said that out of mine she will accept and declare to you all. And so, some of the oldest Greek manuscripts actually have she in there for Ruach. Um, But you won't hear many scholars talking. It's not beneficial to them.
2: So, Did you have anything to
0: to say before i close in prayer james or
1: no i just wanted to thank you for this great work and encourage everyone to um download this document and continue reading and studying along um with what he's prepared as as jason mentioned earlier um he has kind of a uh not kind of, a very cool connection to, um, the 12 trees of life, 12 rivers of life, the 12 fruits of the spirit, 12 demonic fruits. He has, he has a lot of really interesting connecting verses down near the bottom of this document. And I'm sure he would have really beautiful things to say about it. Um, if he had the time, but I would encourage y'all to read it, read what he's prepared. Um, and, then, just shoot him a message and and see what he has to say about this, because he spent a lot of time um, his his effort really shows in the uh, in the fruit of this work so uh, Jason, thank you so much for coming on again to share all this with us and glory to Yahuwah Almighty for um, bringing you on the journey that he's brought you on to uh, pull back the veil on some of these lies that we've all been indoctrinated with and to, to really shake things up. So thank you so much.
0: you're very welcome. And, um, you know, if, if Noel wants, you know, I would do a part three, but, um, I've already taken up a lot of, uh, everybody's time. So, um, that's totally up to you guys and to, to Noel. So, um, so Roach, I just ask, uh, just for your presence to uh, to fall upon uh, all of us uh, even stronger. Um I pray that the things that we looked at today would show us um, show us your desires, show us um, what's honoring to you, what's honoring to Yahweh. And, and again, I pray that if I've spoken anything incorrect or out of turn that you would uh, to the listeners, And also, if I've spoken anything that's truth, that you would highlight and show that uh, to those as well. And I just pray that you would fill us all to overflowing, that uh, there would be a river of life that would come out of us and it would reach those as we come in contact with them. And I'll just give a quick, uh, just a quick teaser for the next section, just to close it off, because I just need to tie it together real quick. The part that put this whole thing together for me at the end is the story of Adam and Eve. And everything is done uh, on earth as it is in heaven. And so when you look at the story of Adam, a rib was literally taken out of him, and his wife was created. And then they they can cons- you know they um, came together, and a son was born and it's the same way that happened in heaven there's a specific reason have you guys ever thought about animals male and female right so why didn't he make uh adam and eve male and female that's the only place where he stopped and he made adam and then he took eve out of adam and it's because we're made in the image of god in the divine image and so if you guys can look at this from a prophetic standpoint, Yahweh's wisdom or his mind, he actually took a part out of himself and put life in his wisdom, in his wise thoughts. He put life in her and he created a wife for himself just as he took the rib out of Adam to create uh, Adam's wife. And, and obviously, Yahweh did not lose his mind or lose his wisdom, but he, you know, he put life in that. And then as they came together, um, from the mind, you think first, right? So you think what you're going to say. And so through the wisdom, the thought process, speak, and they created Yeshua together, just like Adam and Eve created their children. And it just tied it together so beautifully when I caught that, Revelation, in the book of Jubilees says that Adam and Eve were created in the first week. And you guys know Eve wasn't created until the second week, right? But Jubilee says she surely was created in the first week because Adam's rib was created. And so that being said, I don't have a problem when people say that Ruach and Yeshua always existed. They kind of did, but they didn't always exist as a separate being from Yahweh with life in themselves. So that's just a quick closer to to tease out because, or because I I feel like I didn't quite connect all the dots. Um, There's more to that, but, but I'll stop there.
1: That's beautiful. And, um, I want to, I want to open up the floor to discussion right after I, as you were talking, I had, um, like a jump off thought, you know, super simple. And we're all aware of it, but it just kind of like hit me as you were talking, you know, we were made in the image of Elohim and male and female, one, in Ruach, one being like, but like different, like I yeah. am not, I am not my wife, Kaylee, but we are one flesh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, that's where all the confusion stems from. You know, no one would argue that that we're the same exact person as our spouse. We're called one, and we're said—you know—it's said that we'll be one flesh. And so when Yeshua says, "I and the Father are one," he's saying, "I and the Father are one in unity," just like we are one in unity with our spouses. We're not literally the same being. It's so obvious when you begin to grasp it.
1: All right, so at this point, we would love to open up the floor for a discussion. Any questions, comments, thoughts, deep concerns, cognitive dissonance? Get your notebooks out and uh,
2: fire away. I'm going to server unmute everybody who's muted, so if you would be so kind as to just mute your mic until you're ready to speak, but uh, go right ahead. Yeah, it's so
0: cool to look at the on Earth as as it is in heaven because there's so many parallels once you start getting that mindset.
2: Hi. Hello. I would like you to go over the names being feminine. Can you hear me? Yes, yeah, I can hear you. Um, On on the first page you're talking about? I would like you to go over more. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, You know, the Old Testament is translated from the Hebrew, at least um, most translations that we have today. And that's what it was originally written in, of course. The the Hebrew word uh, for spirit is ruach. And if you actually look it up, and you can go to Blue Letter Bible, um, just click, uh, you know, click the word for spirit, and it will say this is a feminine noun. Um, And so it's one of those things that's hidden in plain sight that um, anyone can, anyone with a computer can find out that the word ruach is feminine. And so then you need to ask yourselves, why? Why do they? Why did they do this? Um, you know, obviously Yahweh is a masculine uh, name and Yeshua is a masculine name. They don't, you know, God's not gonna give his family the wrong, the wrong gender. Um, and then the, the Aramaic used the word Ruha, um, which if you look up the, oh, sorry, if you look up the word Ruqa in the Aramaic, that's also a, a feminine noun. And I guess I should give this disclaimer, Um, English isn't quite so much this way, but a lot of different languages, Spanish, and different things, a lot of the words will have a male or female gender attached to them. Um, In the Syriac, uh, the word for spirit in Syriac is ruha, and that's another feminine noun uh, where everything started to make the change is when it switched to Greek, which obviously our entire New Testament is translated from the Greek. And so that's what a lot of, a lot of these things go off of. And the word for spirit in Greek is pneuma, which is a neuter word. It can, it's genderless, it can go either way. Um, Not all Greek words are that way, but pneuma pneuma is. And so the translators had a decision, they could go either way with it. But the worst part is in the Latin, which was the most popular translation for 1,100 years, Spiritus is the word for spirit in Latin, and that's a masculine noun. So obviously for those 1,100 years that the Latin Vulgate was the dominant Bible, the Catholics, you know, they sort of held the key, so to speak, that for a time period they had the Bible only in Latin and the common people couldn't read them. So I don't know if that answers your question or not. Did that did that answer what you're asking or not really? Yeah, no, it does. And I just want to say I like, thank you so much. Um, they
1: Noel had done this teaching, I think last summer, and um, he said he had more verses, and you went over more verses. And I just really love learning about wisdom. So thank you.
2: You did did a great. Yes, you're very welcome. I, I had fun doing it and I just hope people um, can seek her in a deeper way, you know, is out. Amen. Yes. So thank you, it was wonderful. You're very welcome. your voice was breaking up a little bit there I, I I couldn't hear the whole thing, but
0: I just had a question do you Have you ever read from the Suffer? Do you know where that came from as far as translation went? um I do have the uh I do have the Suffer Bible. Um, and I do like it because of the, uh, you know, the Hebrew names and everything. Unfortunately, uh, for the New Testament, they, I believe they actually went off of the Texas Receptus, um, which is the 1100 AD text. Um, if you have your Sefer Bible and do you have it in front of you right now? No, I don't. It's on, it's on my phone and, um, I don't have that by me right now. Okay. Well, I, and the modifications i can usually quickly tell which translation they go off of but one verse i look for right away in a bible translation is first john five seven to eight um the king james texas receptus added an entire phrase into theirs uh that phrase being the father the word and the spirit these three are one just a blatant trinitarian addition um You won't find that in hardly any current Bibles because they use the older text now. Um, But any of the ones using the Texas Receptus, mainly the King James, the New King James, will will have that entire verse added into that section.
1: Quick insert, it's there. I got my separate in front of me right now.
0: Yeah, I was pretty sure it was. I I do like the Bible, um, but they they don't use the oldest manuscripts behind it. And they, they didn't do a complete new translation. They went off of a base foundation and added the Hebrew names in. I still think it's really cool, but um, not the most accurate. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, I'm, I just wanted to say this was really eye-opening and I'm really grateful. Yes, you're very welcome.
2: I, I, I've enjoyed it.
0: I know. And I do have um, three books in the link that elaborate on these things as well. Uh, But I would say most of the information is in here. And honestly, everything that I work on If it's six months from now, I may have a few more things that I've learned that I'll add into it. So um, I,
2: I guess I consider everything a work in progress, if that makes sense.
3: I know this may sound a little bit crazy and unorthodox but my understanding is that in the beginning there was the Father Yahuwah the Creator he was everything he was the Father he was the Son he was the Holy Spirit he was much much more than that all wrapped up into one and when we try to describe who he is I think we're trying to put him in a box that but another point is that I believe Adam who was created in his image in my opinion was like a hermaphrodite. he was male and female and when the father put him to sleep and removed that rib and made Eve he took all of those female attributes and put them into her and that's why we spend our whole lives if we're single trying to find our other half and we're not complete until we do i mean it just makes perfect sense to me but most people think i'm nuts
0: yeah i I can't say i agree with that exact sentiment um i mean we're all entitled to our opinions but I, i i can't say that would be my exact take on it um as far as uh the father being the spirit and the son um the traditional languages from the the trinitarian mindset, but there is an element that's true, and, and this is all my opinion too. So I mean, like I say, you guys are entitled to your own. Where I would in the in the very beginning, where I could see um, them being one is a way of uh, a way of thought is that before uh, Ruach and Yeshua were created, wisdom was in yahweh's mind uh at the forefront of his mind and yeshua was on his lips that uh eventually and i love the, the correct translation of uh gospel of john one uh three to four it's a very very hidden but you can 100 percent prove it through history that they changed this text and the real text says um after it's talking about in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God, it says what came into being in him was life. And so, in my opinion, the Word was a part of God, and at a moment in time, the Father um, placed him as a separate being from himself and put life in him. The Father in Ruach put life in Yeshua.
3: yeah but that still goes back to my point that at one point they were all within him and he spoke yeah. them into existence yes yeah, so, i mean at one point they were all one being one god mm-hmm. there's only one only one creator and then he spoke them into existence
0: yes yeah and i suppose i i get nervous the way those things are worded as far as trinity but yeah I think we're on the same page as far as that that last statement, for sure.
3: And me, because <laughs> I <mean>, I, <laughs> it, it, it's not that far off. I mean, technically, the problem is, is when they put that word person in there, that they are three persons in one God, because Yahuwah is not a person. The Holy Spirit is not a person. The only one that was a person was when he assumed flesh and walked on earth as Yeshua. Now that was a person. Uh, but the rest of it, yeah, it just the, that Trinity thing just doesn't work at all. Because we can, when we read Scripture, we see there's seven spirits, and then you've got the the angel of the Lord, and then you've got this guy that was on the other side of the river that was truly a man, but he was the the, the general of all the armies of God. I mean, who were all these beings except creations of and from our Creator? So to yeah. put to say there's three in one or even seven in one that that's putting god in a box we truly cannot put a definition on the creator because we have no idea we really don't i mean we get some idea from scripture but you know to try to define him i don't even go there because we're putting him in a box and it just doesn't work
0: yeah yeah amen that's the coolest thing to learn about Yahweh is that he is so far beyond our comprehension. Um and I do like the way um, Michael and Rob refer um, to uh, the three. and in their teaching, they had said that we don't like the word Trinity, we like the word family instead. And I'm just uh, that really ringed true to me. I'm like, you know that? I've never said it in that exact phrase before, but that is, about a perfect way to put it that they're not a Trinity they're a family and the the other way I describe them is that they are one in unity but not one essence one being type of thing
3: yeah I I think family is the best definition that you could possibly come up with and you know and like I said you know Adam was made in his image so what was he Uh, he, you know it just it works for me you know yeah Uh, I feel that's why we do. We we always feel like we are incomplete until we have a wife or a husband, depending on which gender you are. And then you become complete. You become one flesh. Well, if you become one flesh, that doesn't that mean yet somewhere along the line we were divided.
0: Yeah, I mean Yeah, I mean Adam and Eve uh were separated. Um and obviously, I believe it's referring to one in unity that we're one in unity with our spouses.
3: Yeah, I, I kind of just go one step. works for me. It, it makes perfect. Sense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, does. it just makes perfect sense. <laughs> and and a lot of people don't realize this, but you know, and this is another point. But you know, it, to me, there's two creations in Genesis because. You know, the first Adam, because there there's many different Adams in Scripture, once you start looking up the, you know, the dots and the tittles and all that, you, I think there's like seven different Adams in Scripture. The first, just says that they were created male and female, he created them. And then Adam, the one that was in the garden, it says that he was formed from the dust of the earth, breathed the breath of life into, and became a living soul. It's two totally different creations. Uh, I didn't used to believe that until I studied under Zen Garcia and I uh, uh, forget the other guy's name, Rob Skiba. And uh, it became pretty clear when we did. I mean, it was a really in depth study.
0: And I guess I've never even uh, heard that before.
3: Oh, really? Really? Yeah, read it. Mm -hmm. Read it carefully. You know, it says the first creation of Adam and female, he created them and he told them to go forth, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. That was never told to uh, Adam in the garden. Adam was uh, formed. It doesn't say that he created him. It says he was formed from the dust of the earth and then he was placed in the garden from wherever he was formed if you read it carefully and not only that the the other things that were created on those days if you if you make two different lines and you read the first set of creations and what was created on those days and then you read the second set and what was created on those days they don't match they don't match at all i was shocked zen garcia was the first one to bring that to my attention and i had to go back and i had to read it and study it for myself and i was like wow there definitely were two different creations of man and
0: i'm i'm always uh, open to to study things uh my current understanding i i believe that it's just one adam for my personal opinion um the book of jubilees um was the number sixth uh, most found document in the dead sea scrolls 12 um, and it it tells the story of Adam and Eve all the way through, and actually gives the names of their daughters and uh, quite a bit more details. And it says in Jubilees, it says that they were created male and female. Um, and it says the reason that the text says that is because the rib was created. Um, so that's my current um, uh, opinion. And but like I say, we're we're all on a uh, we're all studying and trying to find the truth so um i'm not i'm not against you i just uh have a little bit different take on it
3: well yeah i mean i was on that same path for 40 some years i mean he i mean that uh, there was no doubt in my mind you know i was dead on i was right and then you know like i said zen garcia started presenting the evidence I'm serious. If you go back, just do this on your own and and I think your eyes will be open because I think most people that are here, our eyes are being opened and somebody has to point it to us and we go back and we study it and it's, wow, there is a difference. Like I say, just write down the days of creation, what was created on those days. Everybody says, well, that was just a more in-depth reiteration of what was created in the first, but no, it's not. There were different things created on different days. The plants, the animals, everything that was in the garden is totally and completely different from what was in the rest of the world. The animals, the people, the plants, everything. The garden was special. Everything, including the animals in the garden was special. What was outside the garden was a whole different creation.
0: Yeah, I'm not opposed to uh, to reading through it and, and searching it out, that, that's not a problem at all.
3: That yeah, was fantastic. It was a real eye-opener, along with a lot of things I've learned in the past seven years since I quit going to church and started studying and, you know, studying under people that know a lot more about Greek and, uh, you know, Hebrew than I do and getting the original language and just, I mean, things that I've read over and over and over, But we just gloss over them and we don't really study them. And then somebody points it out to you, and you're like, wow, okay, that's an eye opener.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, Jason, if you're fine with calling it, then we can call it here.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I want to thank you too for uh, for co-hosting and helping me with everything. It uh, makes it easier if I don't have to talk the whole time and have some conversation back and forth.
1: Yeah, I get that. I had a lot of fun. Thank you for uh, thank you for choosing me.
0: Yeah, you're welcome.